This is my favorite magic trick with my mom's favorite glasses. This is my favorite cake. These are my favorite tonsils. This is my favorite fish fluffy. This is my favorite spider, Tickles the Tarantula. Wake up, Fluffy. Where's my spider? <laughs> you can ask someone I'm done. This is my grandpa's favorite keychain. Blink if you can hear me. Please wake up! Today I found my favorite new con. This is my favorite ant farm. This is my favorite puppet collie. This is my favorite hat. Sombrero. What? Casamia. This is my favorite wrestling move. Sleeperhead. Be free. Oh, I want chocolate. <laughs> Body slam! Look at these guns. This is my favorite toy. My baby brother. I ate it. And for the record, First Methodist Church is not recommending you put a baby in a backpack. So if you do that, you didn't get that information here. Uh, that's a way of sharing with you favorites. Begin this message series that actually starts today. Uh, kids were asked what were their favorite stuff. They had their toys or show-and-tell kind of thing. And we're moving now into what we think or feel like are our favorite classic Bible verses are. Sections of Scripture, individual verses. Today we're looking, as you already have noted, uh, Psalm 23, favorite, a classic, words that mean much to, to many of us and, and eventually to all of us as we sort through what they're saying to us today around the story of God here, around the term, the shepherd's psalm. Again, Psalm 23. Now I want to ask you a question. That question is, uh, if you could paint a picture of God, uh, put on paper some way a concept, an image or a picture of God, what would that be? What would it look like? If God chose to paint a picture of himself and say, here I am, I'm going to draw it for you so you might be able to see what that is, what would that be? What would that look like? Now, there are many concepts that people have in our world of God, many images that come from all kinds of sources. Let me show you some of those images that are out there. If you simply Google uh, God, these are some of the pictures that come up. This is a very popular one. It goes back to the Renaissance time, and people saw Jesus this way. And often stained glass windows and paintings, you see many of that. And much of those images come from those few paintings done back then. Next picture. Uh, some see God maybe as kind of a gruff, uh, angry uh, man with a big beard and hair. And, you know, who knows, but some think that. Another picture. So. Uh, that's some image there. There's God, judgmental, getting ready to jump on us or challenge us or who knows what that might mean. But when you Google God, that shows up. Some more pictures. 
There's one of God in the clouds. I'm not sure why God is always in the clouds, but for whatever reason, God and clouds go together. Many images of people have of God. Another picture. And now that's one I had, that was on there. I mean, I, I have to take no responsibility for that one. Uh, when I Googled it, that came up, and there is Jesus with a Winchester. Next picture. Okay, now if you have to go back a ways, George Burns, for those that know who George Burns is, George Burns uh, was the image of God, cigar-smoking God with a very rough, uh, gruff voice. Uh, there's another picture of God, and again, uh, kind of a cloudy idea, and there's cherubim and seraphim around him. And the last picture, now a more modern vision of God, Morgan Freeman playing the George Burns character in a way, and, and there he is with his uh, very uh, authoritative voice representing God for us. And I'll take those images are done. But I want you to see those because I want you to think about your concept of God. And if God could choose to reveal himself, how would God do it? If God said, I'm going to paint a picture of myself, here's what it looks like. What would God paint that picture? What would it look like? I believe God has done that. I believe God has painted a picture of himself with words. There are words I'm going to give you, scripture, biblical truth, and those words are Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is God showing us who he is, revealing himself to us, his image, painting a picture of himself in the beautiful words that we have read. We're going to read again, and you also heard sung beautifully by our choir. Now think about where those words are painted, where that picture is shown. And think also the psalm you heard read a few minutes ago and also heard sung. Uh, The Bible talks about here in Psalm 23, there's evil in our world. So we have a canvas where evil exists. We have mortality in our world. Life and death and life and death is a recurring thing all of us deal with. Our own sense of death one day our own experience of loss and grief, losing others in our life that die, and really the idea of death that surrounds us all the time. You may be familiar with it, but it's part of our journey, mortality. Uncertainty is our way. I think many of us would do anything to make our future more certain. We try very hard to make it as certain and secure as we can, but we know when we think about it, no, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, much less next year or 10 years or 20 years. I don't know if I'm going to be alive in 20 years, we might say. And so our future is not certain. Here we have the psalmist that talks about grass and water and fields and valleys around the image of a shepherd and the sheep. Now we connect with God in that beautiful way. So our reality then is this, the shadow of death, that's in the psalm. Evil in the world, that's in Psalm 23. Enemies we might experience, again, in Psalm 23. And the need we have for direction and guidance, again, Psalm 23. And the basic sense of water to drink and a place to rest and food to eat, all around the picture of Psalm 23. Jesus said this about the same image of shepherd and sheep and this Psalm 23 speaks to us about. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And they know me, and they follow me. He also said that no one can pluck my sheep out of my hands. God has given them to me. They belong to me. They will always be mine. He says the good shepherd has come to give his life for the sheep. And we have that picture. Then he says the thief comes to steal, 
kill, and destroy. So there we have that image of who God is and the drawing that he makes of himself in the words he gives us. Of all the things God could have said to us, he says these words in the beauty of Psalm 23. I want you to hear them today. The first verse, I want to put up on the screen for you. First verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Would you read that out loud with me now, please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. In those beautiful words, see a painting of God. The painting of God as our shepherd. See a picture of us as his sheep. See a painting of that relationship between us and God. The shepherd with the sheep he would give his life for and he cares for. Of all the things God could have said, who I am, Psalm 23 speaks most clearly. Here is a picture of me. Not a pointing figure. Uh, not a man with a, with a big beard who looks angry. You know, not Morgan Freeman or George Burns. But no, here is a painting of God, a picture of God. What I want in the message today is when you leave today, when you think about God, you think about God differently. You think about God as God reveals himself to you and me. God says to you, this is who I am. I want you to know me as who I am. Not the concepts and ideas of your culture or pictures that you have seen or anything you've, any other teaching you might have had. I want you to know who I am based upon the words that I give you. Second verse, he leads beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The word restoring also means refreshing of my soul. So God is the one who guides us and leads us in life. He guides us in the right path he wants for us. He restores and refreshes us. That's God. So we are the ones refreshed restored and led. God is the one who does that for you and me. And so that makes clear the picture of our relationship with God, who God is, who we are. We often get that mixed up. We often get that confused. I think the way we look at God many times in our life is all about the outcome. What that For me, that means is we have an outcome we want God to do for us. We want God to make this happen and to make sure that does not happen. To give us this, and please don't give us that. So we approach God with those images I showed at the very beginning. As goofy as they were, that's often how we think of God. We may not see that picture, but that's how we treat God. The God who could do this for me, fix that for me, stop that from happening to me, make my life go the way that I want it to go. And the words here are, he leads me, he refreshes me, he guides me, he walks with me. And that's the next verse I want to read for you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Keep those words up there for a while if you would. I want you to really kind of look at, the, look at that picture and painting of God. God says, here's who I am. I want you to know me this way. I reveal myself this way. Please see what, what I, who I am. And I know I'm who you need me to be. 
John Wesley, who began the United Methodist Church uh, some 200 years ago. Uh, and the Wesleyan movement, really, which is the worldwide movement of faith uh, that serves the world in all kinds of ways today. Uh, in those days, when it came time to die, often people would be around wanting to write down the last words they said. They wanted to hear what that might be. In those days of no pain medication, often they were awake until the last, last breath was taken, say those last words. And John Wesley, who had served the world, who had began the Methodist Church, the Wesleyan movement, brought thousands to Christ, changed the world in many ways, preached hundreds of thousands of sermons, traveled hundreds of thousands of miles on horseback, done amazing things around, around uh, England and, uh, and, the, and, the, and America as well. His last words were, best of all, God is with us. God is with me. That's the best thing that I have. Best of all, God is with us. You know, we have a sense that we want God to do things for us, and God wants to be with us. We're all about God do this. God's all about the relationship he wants to have with us. And that's the picture he draws. He draws a painting of a relationship with his creation, you and me. That's what God wants for us. Not our feelings, but his presence in our lives. So we hear those words, beautiful words. Uh, will you read those words with me? He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hear those words. God is with us. God wants to be with us. God wants to walk with us. We want this. This is what God wants and what God offers. The next verse says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. In those days, those words were powerful words. Again, enemies were all around them. They are for us as well. However you define enemy, they exist in our world. As evil exists in our world, as death exists in our world. And it says here, in the presence of enemies that really exist will continue to exist. They're not going to go away. God prepares a table before us. We have that table to eat with him in presence, he with us, even in a season of difficulty or season of hardship or hard moments in our life. And he says, you have, he, you have anointed my head with oil. In those days, that was a powerful image of what God could do for us. When someone was anointed, they were set apart and they belonged to that anointing. Uh, that promise was given to them. Uh, David, the psalmist, was anointed when he was still a shepherd boy uh, by the prophet. And that anointed said, one day you will be king. And one day he became king. He anointed our head with oil. You set us apart. You made us sure as we belong to you, God. And the cup runneth over, not just full. It runs over with that relationship, with the beauty of walking with God and experiencing God and knowing God. We want God to fix this. And God says, I want to walk with you through that. Because that's what God cares about and what God is about. And God understands what we go through in our life very clearly. We have a picture of Jesus Christ. Not only was he crucified for the sins of the world, we know that simple image of Christ dying for our sins, but also in that crucifixion, he walked through the most difficult season anyone could experience, of rejection and betrayal and a cruel death. He says, when I walk with you in your life, whatever you face, 
know that I have been there and I'm with you in your journey, whatever it might be. And I don't know what your issues are today. We always have issues in life. For you, it might be a health issue. Folks in our church who deal with lifelong chronic health issues, your journey is defined by your sickness or your disability or your health issue. That's true for many. And many of you defined by your financial issues, not being able to pay bills, your job situation is not going well, you're concerned about that, you're worried about foreclosure on your home. I don't know where you are. We all have those experiences in life at various times. That may be your journey. Some of your journey may be your job itself. You hate your job. It's hard to go to work. You're worried it's not going to be there when you go in on Monday morning. You have those kind of concerns about your job. And, and that's difficult season for you. It might be where you are in your life right today. Wherever you are, we're all in different seasons we experience. It might be about a relationship for you. It might be about your marriage falling apart. It might be about losing a friendship with a child or a parent or brother or sister. It might be broken somewhere in your life. You might have had that happen. Or your season simply might be, I've experienced death in my life. I've lost a loved one, and I still feel the pain of that. I'm about to lose a loved one, and I'm scared to death of what it's going to be like. I don't know what I'm going to do. Or I'm going to die soon. That's coming to me, or one day it's going to come. I know that it will. What do I do? How do I respond to that? How do I come to God? God says, wait a minute. In this season, I am going to be with you. I will comfort you. My rudder staff, staff will be with you. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death because it's about restoring a relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. That's a picture of Psalm 23. In those words, my cup overflows. And the last verse, surely goodness and mercy or loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to look at those words very carefully. What is going to follow those who are the sheep of the great shepherd? The Bible says Christ is the great shepherd. Well, goodness and loving kindness, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We might prefer something else sometime. I want to have wealth follow me. I want to have an ease of life. I want things to go the way that I choose or I would like them to go. I want my life to be perfect, however we define what perfect life is, which most of us probably can't. When God says, I'm going to follow you with mercy and loving kindness all days, that's what I give you. That's what I want you to have. In the fullness of redemption and everlasting life that follows as you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's a challenge that I want to give you today, and what I'd like you to do, if you would, to pull out your message page where it has simply Psalm 23 on it. This is the New American Standard Version. I know we have different translations. Some may have this verse, these verses memorized in the King James Version. Uh, this is the New American Standard. Uh, the word you had re heard read a while ago was the NIV Version as well. There are many versions, and each speaks truth to us, but I wanted this version for you today. We're going to read all this together in a second. We get ready to do that. I want you to see God revealing himself to you. God uh, intersecting your situation. The words here are, there's evil in our world. There's death in our world. There are enemies and hard times in our world. There are seasons in our world where we need direction. Those are all things Psalm 23 talks about, and you're probably in one of those seasons. If not, you soon will be. This is the God who intersects that with revealing himself in the beautiful way Psalm 23 uh, does for us. I want you to think of that. 
as you see God revealing himself to you, how he intersects with you as, his, as a picture of himself, as I invite you to read these words with me out loud today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's a challenge I have for you. I want you to take this home with you, and I want you to read it in the morning and at night. When you first get up, and do the GPS as well. The GPS study guide is going to have many favorite scripture verses throughout this season. You're going to want to read that also. Uh, you, those are available as you leave today. Pick them up. They're also available online and certainly on your smartphone. But I want you to take this. I want you to read it this week through next Sunday, every morning and every night. If you want to read it more than that, go right ahead. You feel the need to read it during their lunch hour, go ahead and read it then. Other seasons, read it. Read it. It will change your life. I promise you it will change your life. You know, our faith is too often defined by the outcome-driven faith. I have things I expect of God to do for me. If he doesn't, we go the other way. If he does, we forget he did it. When God's about walking with us, this psalm is God saying, I want to share your life. I want to share those seasons that are difficult that you experience. I want to share those seasons of great joy as well. I want to share with you when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. I want to share with you when the green, when the grass is green and the water is fresh. I want to share it all. That's what I want. This picture he paints of himself. We have to change how we think about God, many of us. To know God the way God really is, who says, I know you want this, but I just want to walk with you. I want to be in your heart. I want you in mine. I want to refresh your soul and make you whole in that relationship. So I challenge you to read it morning and night, more often than not. Uh, preparing for this message, and I knew a long time ago I was going to preach on Psalm 23, the first week of his favorite or classic series. Last week I began doing it myself, uh, often from memory, because I, I know the verses pretty well, so I do it from memory anytime I want to, and I'm blessed that way with that, uh, reading it sometime. And I realized how I neglected this sense of God myself, because I felt such a refreshing and a peace simply sitting in for a moment. No expectation, God. I'm not asking for anything. I'm not trying to get you to fix this or make that better. I'm not even looking for this or that. I'm just looking for you to be in my life. And in reading that psalm, I began to feel that presence. And I thought, you know, I miss this. I like this. And I wanted it for you. And so that's why we're doing it this way today. So I want you to just take it home and, and, and promise me, do it till next Sunday. Morning and night, more often if you want to. I promise you, it will change your life. It will change how you understand God and yourself. It will change how you are experiencing life today. Whether it's the green grass and fresh and cool water season, or it's the shadow of death season. Whether it's things are going well and being restored and refreshed, or not so well today, there's evil and enemies around. Either way, you'll experience God in a way maybe you haven't. 
It will change how you understand God to give God the full place in, in your life that he wants to have in you and for you. And that's a simple message for today. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Psalm 23. When you knew we needed it, painting a picture of yourself for us. God, we have so many wrong images of you in our life, so many ideas and concepts that are just not right. Today, God, we hear your revelation of yourself to us as our shepherd and us as your sheep. And the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for the sheep. And you are God who wants to walk with us. Well, I know there are folks here today in that season of the valley of the shadow of death. It's a hard season for them. Others hear God that these enemies and evil, God seems to have impacted them in a negative ways and they're hurt because of it. Others, God, in uncertainty and fear, all kinds of seasons, God, that we are in. Lord, I invite you, God, to lead us into the new season of life, the one where you just walk with us through all the others. Maybe so, God, by your love for us, our faith in your faithfulness, and the words of Psalm 23. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.